Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. I hope you're having a great Monday, great start to your week. I am your co-host, Emma Roy. And I am your other co-host, Tracy Poe. We hope you guys have had a great weekend and had a lot of time to kind of recover and just get things in order. I know that's like the best part of my weekend is on Sundays, just preparing for the week and just feeling not rushed at all. Did you do anything crazy this week, Tracy? Crazy is my middle name. (laughs) Crazy is my life. (laughs) Crazy is my life. I played pickleball for the first time this weekend. Oh, okay. What is pickleball? I've never, I don't know. Well, it was my first time, so I really didn't know anything about it, but I think it's like miniature tennis. I don't know. Like it's a smaller court and the rackets are smaller and the ball is like a wiffle ball. So anyhow, I thought it was really fun. I enjoyed it. Okay. I'm glad you enjoyed it. (laughs) So last week we talked about being other oriented and that was part one of our other oriented session, I guess we could call it. Um, This is part two, obviously. Before we get into it, I want to give a very special shout out to Vicky. Vicky has been one of the best supporters, one of sorry guys, one of my favorite listeners. I hate to say it, but I am. Um, No, not everyone's my favorite but she has been so great so encouraging she sent tracy a really sweet message just encouraging and lifting us up and what we do and we're just so grateful for vicky so vicky if you're hearing this we love you thank you for your kind words we could not do it without you so tracy do you want to dive in i always kind of let you give like a brief summary before we start of what the episode is going to be about so take it away i would like to dive in but because it's part two I would, I'm going to ask you, what were your takeaways from last week? What resonated with you? Um, Honestly, just like the whole being other oriented in general. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's focusing on others instead of yourself. It's not being self-centered. It's the complete opposite. And so I just think, I mean, you either have to choose. Are you going to be self-centered or are you going to be other oriented? And I feel like being other oriented is one of the best things you can do as a person. It shows just levels of respect for everyone involved. And I just think that, I mean, personally, our lives are so much better when we're other-oriented and not focusing on our own needs and wants. So that kind of is a takeaway. Just be other-oriented. You know, it makes the world go around. So a simplified definition of other-oriented is when you are concerned and not focused necessarily, but really in tune with someone else's emotions or needs or desires and really the list goes on. So you're very, I would say intuitive maybe. So there are several things that are, well, there's a lot that's good about being other oriented. So other oriented people are compassionate generally, and they are investing in others and they appreciate other people, but there is a spectrum And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about, and and actually the spectrum can kind of change by situation. It's not that you are always a specific level of other oriented. So one thing that if you're on the opposite end of the healthy side of being other oriented is that you might start to seek approval from others, or you might fear criticism and you might kind of avoid or hate conflict. So Emma, 
I know we talked last week and you said that you were fairly or other oriented. So do you see in yourself any of the kind of unhealthy boundaries of being other oriented? Um, I'm definitely, I have turned more and more into a yes man. Um, just because I do want to help people take loads off of themselves. Like if people are stressed and they're, or like tired or sick, if there's something that I can do, I definitely want to be able to do that for them, even if it's like canceling something that I've had forever or just even like putting my mental health on hold because I want to do something for another person. So I think sometimes I don't set boundaries. I just want to say yes to everyone because I want to make everyone else's lives uh, easier. Um, I'm trying to think. I think you talked about conflict. I don't necessarily think I'm afraid of conflict. I do truly try to avoid conflict at all costs, but I think there's healthy ways to confront and deal with conflict because at the end of the day, you can't really avoid it. You just kind of got to go straight through it and get it over with. So I wouldn't say that I avoid conflict. I say that I try as hard as I possibly can to not have conflict, but if there is, then it does need to be addressed and I will address it. But I think, I don't know, that's it. What do you think? What do you think personally? Where are you on that spectrum? Well, last week you pointed out that sometimes I can be too other oriented. And again, there, there is that, well, I'm not going to say everybody does it, but there is a caution. Mm -hmm. There is definitely a caution to being so other oriented that you suffer yourself. So the healthy version of being other oriented is where you look out for other people's, you're, you're aware of what other people are thinking and feeling and, and, but you're also aware of your own situation, your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own needs. So you do kind of a healthy blend of the two. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think you kind of have to find that balance. I mean, I think everyone, I don't want to say everyone, I hate putting everyone into a specific category, but I think most people do have a hard time finding that line of where it's like, okay, I need to put me first, you know, because I was taught growing up, it's others before yourself. And so that's great. And I'm glad I was taught that. But to a point, it does get mentally and physically draining on me to where I feel guilty and I feel like I'm being selfish if I put myself in front of someone else. And so then I feel like that's also unhealthy because then I feel guilty for trying to take care of me. So, I mean, there definitely are pros and cons. No, I'm really glad that you brought that up because the the unhealthy side of being other-oriented, when you add those up, that makes us vulnerable to damaging ourselves, if that makes sense. And so when you have that unhealthy side, when you're not also aware of your own feelings and needs, now, sacrificial, we can come back to being sacrificial or even do a whole other episode on being sacrificial. You can be sacrificial, but when you're sacrificial all of the time and you never meet your own needs or focus on your own feelings, then, like I said, that's when you can kind of become vulnerable to damaging yourself. And, and that makes a lot of people angry and bitter, yeah. resentful. And so, yeah, it can hold like people oftentimes hold it against the other person and it no longer becomes being other oriented. It goes right back to being selfish because you should have, you should be other oriented with a 
pure and grateful heart. You shouldn't be doing it for, oh, look at me, brownie points. I'm so great. I put others first. No, it should be, I do this because I love you. I respect you. And I want you to feel valued, heard, and worthy. So I would say if you are other-oriented and you are at the point where you are feeling angry or bitter about being other-oriented, letting people take advantage of you, not meeting your own needs, if it's affecting your self-esteem, I would say that it's very possible you need to go seek some help. And so as a coach, I often have people come to me and ask me questions and I very quickly say, I am a coach. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm a coach. And so I would answer questions as a coach, but then I would direct whoever I was speaking to, to go talk to a counselor, therapist, somebody who's licensed. And if you're talking to a coach and they roll over into that therapy side, because coaches and therapists do two different things. They, they do not do the same thing. So if you're talking to a coach and that coach is rolling over into therapy mode, if they're not a licensed therapist, you need to be very, very cautious with that. Yeah. And I love, I will kind of brag on you for a second. One of the things that I've loved growing up with you is you are very aware of mental health. Mental health is a huge thing. Mental health matters. And that was one of the things you would teach me is like, when I am being too sacrificial, you would kind of force me to take a break. And I wouldn't want to. And, you know, I'd be like, no, let me do this. Let me do this. I got to go do this. But you were always very conscious of my mental health as well as yours and just the well-being of other people. You were always, always like, make sure your mental health is in tip-top shape. Otherwise, how are you going to help other people? All the time. All the time I tell people like you're on the airplane and they say, put the oxygen mask on yourself first, because if you pass out because you're trying to stick that mask on somebody else, you can't help anybody. You can't help yourself. You can't help anybody else. And so I love that word picture of put the mask on yourself first so that you are okay to help other people. So I would say being other oriented is really a beautiful, beautiful thing when it's done with healthy boundaries. So I think our world would be so much better if it were, if everybody was other oriented in a healthy way. So that's it. Yeah, I agree. I always kind of say like, I feel like everything would be better if everyone went to therapy. I know therapy is not everyone's thing and people may disagree, but I see no shame in therapy. I think it's great to help, like find a healthy way to hash out your issues, hash out your traumas and just heal and get over it. Um, now you can do faith-based therapy or not, whatever is your cup of tea. You know, I am just a huge advocate for therapy. I think I always will be. Um, but that's beside the point. So I'm going to let Tracy ask the question of the day. We always do one of those. Um, I love, love getting questions of the day. They're just so great to answer and it's so great to just have feedback and interaction. We love it. Okay, so one of our listeners asked, and it's a personal question, so I'm not going to ask you to answer it, and then I'll answer it. So the question is, what is your hardest situation personally for you to communicate in? So Emma, what, what is your personal hardest situation to communicate in? Oh, I would say conflict. Um, I tend to have, I tend to be hot-headed. So for me, I have really worked on 
taking a step back, putting myself in both sets of shoes, and just really thinking before I speak. And honestly, that is something that my husband has worked on with me because I kid you not, he is one of the most healthy communicators ever. Like, there's no games with him. He will tell me how he's feeling and how I made him feel. And it's just like, wow. <laughs> like, wish I could be like that. But I really struggle in conflict because I tend to have words pop into my head and things pop into my head. And honestly, I don't, I may not even mean them. I may not even really think that way, but sometimes they slip. And so I have really worked on, even within, I think, like, past couple years, I've gotten a lot better about conflict. I just have to listen first. I try as hard as I can not to raise my voice. I don't do personal attacks. Well, I don't want to say that. Never, but I try not to do personal attacks. And I just sit there and I listen and I really take in to consideration feelings. And I always focus on the other person's feelings and I stick to the facts. I try to leave my opinion as out of it as I can. And I just try to stick to the facts. So I think that is the hardest situation for me to communicate in because I still struggle. I think everyone in conflict, there's either fight or flight, you know, and I'm fighting. (laughs) I'm fighting everything. So I definitely would say conflict and just tension filled situations are where I really struggle. I think that would probably be something for everybody because I have two, two that are equal for me versus conflict because it's kind of, what is that? What is that saying? Like teacher say, teacher do, or I I don't even know what the, what it is, but often when you, when you teach something, when you help people with something, you're not always great about it yourself. So I remember years ago I uh, did um, peacemaker ministries, which I really advocate. I really tell people about that, but I went to listen to the person who started it, Ken Sandy. And he asked us all to put just his name into our phone so that whenever we ran across it, we would remember to pray for him because even though he founded this ministry on handling conflict biblically, he still struggled himself. So I would say, even though I help people with conflict, that is an area that I struggle in. The second area I struggle in is with loss. When people have a tremendous loss, a loss of anything, a person, a pet, anything that's just heart-wrenching to them, I don't know what to say. And I know we're just supposed to sit and listen, but the whole situation is so hard for me. I, there are people who are just beautiful, handle it beautifully, and I am not one of those people. So that those are my two things. So that was a great that was a great question. Okay, I'm definitely piggybacking off of you, and I agree with loss. I think there are people who can handle it very like they they heal healthy, they move on, they look at it as a positive, you know, they just do all these wonderful things. I'm not one of those people. When I experience loss, I experience it hard and I'm laying on the floor crying for the next month, maybe the next year, for the rest of my life, honestly, I just lay there and I'm like, I don't want to do anything. Well, healing can happen in any form and, and people need to heal. So yeah. So if you need to lay on the floor and cry, we, we could do another podcast episode on this one, but Grief, grief. So anyhow, so that is the question of the day. So thank you. Thank you for uh, our listener asking that question. Yes, we love you. So we have dropped, and we're going to kind of segue into the next little section before we end. 
We dropped a five-session course. It is called Kick Your Fear of Public Speaking in the Face. And the pre-sale ends the 30th. So that means full price goes live October 1st. It's a really great thing. I encourage all of you to sign up for it. It is so beyond helpful. Tell your friends about it. Tell your neighbors about it. Tell your family about it. Tell your coworkers about it. Tell everyone. Pre-sale ends the 30th. Regular price goes October 1st. You can go to our website. It's www.communicategreatonline. Um, after that, next week, we're going to be talking about it's all about the timing. So stay tuned for that. We thank you guys so much. We're so excited to be able to do this for y'all. And I hope you guys have the best week ever.